Sick Floor Sports, February 2nd, 3.15 p.m. This is a rude awakening for my co-host and good friend Ben Carlton today. As many of you know, as our uh, very uh, loyal listeners know, Ben graduated college in December. And Certain, today was feels the first... Like yeah, things have changed just so much <laughs> since then. Today was the first instance where he got kicked off of something. Is well, that... I don't, I don't think that's the case because, like, I can still get into my Ithaca email. I haven't gotten any like any notices. Yeah, you can still get into your email, but I started the meeting. Like, I started, I sent the Zoom. Like, I started on like the Ithaca apps page or whatever to create the Zoom. Like, I feel like if I had gotten kicked off it, would they even let me create the Zoom? I don't know, but uh, knows, I, I've given Ben my blessing to record this Zoom now, Thank so we're ready goodness. to rock and roll. Uh, ben, we got a, uh, obviously the Super Bowl on the way. We're going to be interviewing uh, Jordan Foote later tonight. He is a writer for Sports Illustrated for the Chiefs. Uh, really excited to talk to him, uh, get his breakdown on what he thinks the game is going to go by. Basically what thinks- that means is if you're in the live right now or if you're in the live at some point and you're like, why aren't these clowns talking about the Super Bowl? It's coming. I promise you there is plenty of Super Bowl talk coming. We'll get to that later today. I'll be posting it. You'll be hearing all about uh, what's going to happen in the Super Bowl? Because we know that's the crazy thing is Matthias and I know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually. Yeah, that's why uh, all my bets are going to be correct. I'm more interested to see if, yeah, I'm more interested to see if uh, if Jordan thinks uh, the Bucks are just going to play one on one coverage on Tyreek Hill again for the whole game. Uh, but I digress. I uh, let's start in the NFL. <laughs> let's start in the NFL. Uh, we had a big trade last week. We had the uh, we had the Jared Goff trade, of course. That's the big piece. No, kidding. Uh, it was Matt Stafford. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was reported that Stafford and the Lions had decided to part ways, and and that wasn't this particularly like rare... surprising. It really wasn't. No, but it seemed like the rare instance where, like, they said uh, it's time to part ways, and like you really believe that it was just time to part ways. Uh, we've been talking about the quarterback carousel for a while now, all the quarterbacks that could be on the move. Um, and Matt Stafford was definitely one of those names because he's still serviceable. More than serviceable. I mean, quite, he's yeah, a pretty good quarterback. Hey, quite better bad, than Jared so. Goff. That's for sure. Well, we'll get to that. Um, but, you know, so we'll detail the trade, see who we think won, if they took the right deal. Um, because it, all the details haven't been released, but we know some of them. So we start more, with... What details haven't been released? Well, I, I, we ho- we don't know exactly. You know, like we don't know the year. I'm saying for other packages that they that weren't accepted. Well, we're never we don't know, uh, like well, the, year. The, the trade that yeah. actually went down. The Rams trade yeah. Jared Goff, <laughs> two first round picks, and a third to Detroit for Matt Stafford. I mean, right off the bat, I think we're looking at the rare win-win trade, and it's not quite a win-win the way you kind of generally think about a win-win trade. But from let's start from the Rams' perspective. Mm-hmm. obviously they looked at Jared Goff and Sean McVay looked at Jared Goff and they were like, this isn't working. Like they've what five years, did, a, Chief. five years with the Rams for Goff now. Well, you know, the season. only, yeah, the only first round pick the Rams have had since 2016 yes. is uh, <clears throat> Jared Goff. <laughs> so they've seen Jared Goff and they, Sean McVay and the front office looked at him and they said, all right, we, you can't make it work any more than they had. They got to the Super Bowl. Jared Goff kind of got exposed. Bill Belichick and the Pats essentially wrote a whole goddamn manuscript on how to defend Jared Goff and what the Rams were trying to do back when Todd Gurley was still there. And it's not that Jared Goff turned into a pumpkin and all of a sudden was like, you know, the worst quarterback in the league. But people, re- defenses realized that it was 
it was not terribly difficult to limit Jared Goff and mm-hmm. Sean McVay for yeah. all of his offensive genius also realized that it was not terribly difficult to game plan against Jared Goff and they decided to move on. And I think they paid a steep price to get rid of him, which you always hate to see. And we'll talk about another instance with uh, a team paying a steep price to get rid of one of their best players, uh, Colorado. But clearly they're looking at Matt Stafford as a pretty significant upgrade over Jared Goff. if They're willing to make this type of trade. It's so funny because like for the Rams, it, you pay a steep price to get rid of Jared Goff, but it also doubles as obviously that's the price to get Matt Stafford. I, yeah. I wonder what pieces, I wonder what pieces Detroit was more interested in, right? Because I can't imagine it's Jared Goff because he's on a terrible deal right now. It's basically, he's making like, is it 28 mil a year? I think some, I think um, 30. Yeah. Some, a lot around, around 30, around more 30 than Jared million Goff a year should be making for the next three years. And he's shown that he's not worth that. It's no. hard in the NFL just because if you're a above average NFL quarterback, which Jared Goff is probably, yeah, we'll find out, I guess. Um, if he's an above average NFL quarterback, like you're going to get paid regardless. Like Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Duke, Teddy two gloves as my roommate <laughs> likes to call him um, got paid 25 mil this year. Right? Like, that's a lot of money for Teddy Bridgewater, but it's the most important position. So yeah, exactly. And if you think you've got the answer, you sometimes you have to, not sometimes, most of the time you have to overpay to make sure that you keep your guy or who you think your guy is playing quarterback for you. So now the Rams, uh, I think someone calculated it or someone uh, wrote it out. They won't have a 2021 pick until I think uh, 2026. First rounder. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. I don't know. <laughs> they won't have a first rounder until something like 2026. Uh, and the question becomes for the Rams is what is Matt Stafford going to push that needle for you? And I, I lean yes. Um, but look, I, they're, they're, this was their window anyway. And we knew that going into this because they don't have any draft picks. They didn't have any before this. Yeah. They definitely don't now. They, they have exposed the NFL cap as well. Uh, the NFL cap is cap. You can say nice, um, nice, nice. Good yeah, one. Think- very culturally relevant. Good one. Nice. Honestly, that wasn't my word. Tip of the cap. For um, uh, <laughs> Jalen Ramsey's. We really need a sound. One of the best, man. if not. Yeah, exactly. We need, a, we need an AP again. That's what we need. Um, Jalen Ramsey is one of the best, if not the best corner in the league. Yep. Aaron Donald is probably the best defensive. You can, and you can Aaron take Donald probably is, out of that sentence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is the best NFL defender. Um, look, you have the top. You have the top player at both levels. You have a pretty good wide receiver group. Um, you have a, you have a pretty good, you have a good offensive line. You have an up and coming running back. Your window is now. And yeah, it was absolutely. Before, and I, it didn't really surprise me. Obviously this is a really weird trade. Like we've kind of talked about off the air, um, but it didn't really surprise me considering Jared Goff seemed to be a hundred percent or close to it for their playoff game against the Packers. And, I mean, I mean, we'll never, and that's not even really the way I'm looking yeah. at this trade. The way I'm looking at this trade is well, I mean, the way my point was my point on that. Fine. Was I, I won't make that, my point. It's fine. I won't make no, my no, point. No, no, no. I, well, I, I'm wrapping up mine. I'm my, my point right, on right. saying that he was maybe hundred percent. was that, I mean, Sean McVay was going with John Wolford there. Like, yeah, obviously, you know, you've got a broken thumb on your throwing hand that changes the, the calculations there. Yeah. But I trust Sean McVay to make the right, to make the right call here on who he wants playing quarterback. And clearly McVeigh, the Rams front office, view Matt Stafford as a pretty sizable upgrade, an upgrade that was worth two firsts and a third. I mean, the two firsts in particular really stand out to me, especially when you look at some of the other offers that the 
Rams had on the table. I mean, the Panthers offered up uh, their eighth over the eighth overall pick and another pick in this year's draft. The football team offered up the 19th overall and a third. The Colts offered a package of picks. We don't really know what that we don't really know what they offered, but I can't imagine there were more than multiple firsts. I think the Lions looked at this and they said, we can get two first round picks. Well, that, that's the thing about that's the thing about that. And that's pretty that clearly the best offer a package of picks. So I want to talk about that Panthers one, but touching real quick on the Colts one is it it's uh, phrased as a package of picks, but never, they never offered their first round pick. Is that they never offered Which, this year's first or never offered a first? Cause if you're the Colts, you says, just made the playoffs. You think if you're going to make this type of trade, you're banking on your first round picks being, you know, low twenties, ideally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, look, the line, the, the Rams first round picks should be in low twenties too. But at that point for Detroit, well, the Rams are backing on their first round picks being in the thirties. Like with this type yeah. of trade, they're banking <laughs> on getting back to the Super Bowl. Um, for Detroit side of things, look, it, I, I saw this really funny things. It's like, oh, how interesting that they never uh, did this service for Barry Sanders or for Calvin Johnson. You know, they couldn't ever just trade them away when they were clearly rotting in Detroit, which I yeah. thought was pretty funny. Um, admittedly, but, I mean, though, look, you Calvin, you know, Megatron retired early. Uh, yeah. Yeah, also a totally Megatron different retired. landscape with the NFL. You can't yeah. play that game. I, I just thought it was funny. It is. How Detroit always uh, – it, it was just the argument of dis- Detroit always mismanaging their stars and you know, yeah. the, some of the most important players uh, in their franchise history. But it, it's so hard to get uh, equal value back for your quarterback. And this is pretty close to it because at the end of the day, Jared Goff's contract is bad. But who knows, maybe in a year or in two years, if you don't want him as your quarterback, you can move on from it because it well, every yeah, year that goes by becomes more tradable. And you get two firsts. And even if, even if they're super late at that point for Detroit, they have so many holes they need to plug exactly on their offense and on defense that honestly, you fucking take it, you know? You know, it's, it's, it's definitely a risk if you're LA and it's a risk for both sides. Well, it's not really a risk for Detroit as much as it is just like completely resetting. You're saying, you know, you know, you know that Matt Stafford wasn't necessarily moving the needle for you. Obviously he wasn't. And it's not that Matt Stafford's a top five, top seven quarterback. I know Rob Parker is not a huge fan of Matt Stafford. <laughs> Stat Padford. Stat Padford. Not, not Rob's best. I'll be honest, but it's uh, original, original. That's for sure. You can't ever say Rob Parker's not original. Um, I guess just the last point here, you almost wonder if Detroit's going to try to flip Jared Goff sooner rather than later, because if Detroit's yeah. fully committing to the rebuild here and they're saying, all right, Matt Stafford is too good for us to fully tear things apart and, you know, go for top five picks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like J- Jared Goff's not a terrible quarterback. He's a mid tier, mm-hmm. maybe slightly above average NFL quarterback. He might kind of put the lines in a similar situation where he can luck you into like, not luck, but, can scrape by to five or six wins that might not be what the Lions yeah. are looking for so maybe they move on from him sooner sooner rather than later I mean that's pure speculation on my part but uh, it's interesting as, as much as fun as it is to kind of bash on Jared Goff he's not terrible no he's an above average quarterback yeah uh hey we they love have game the seventh overall SFS. we love game managers the problem or I should say the question becomes is he a game manager? Cause he was with Sean McVay, who is a, you know, one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league and they had, you know, well, Sean good offensive coach, actually, weapons, but what did I say? Quarterback. Yeah. You hate to see it. He's one of the smartest offensive minds in the league. Um, you know, he, he's a quarterback guru. He's the whisperer. I mean, we remember what he did to Jared Goff from his rookie year to his sophomore year. It was yeah. a huge leap. 
they have the seventh overall pick. What does Detroit do here? Do they try to get a receiver? Because Marvin Jones is going to be gone. He's a he's a uh, he's a free agent. Yeah, yeah. Galladay is probably gone. Galladay. Well, I think Galladay's under contract still. No. No, he's not. Okay, so they're both probably gone. So you need wide receivers. Um, Your defense is completely destroyed. You should have a pretty good corner in Jeff Okuda, but he didn't have a good season. Your defense is garbage. You don't have a good offensive line. You have a good running back in DeAndre Swift. There are not a lot of positions that you don't need help in. Well, and they're kind of an unfortunate – and it goes both ways. Are they going to miss out on the top three quarterbacks in the draft? Almost certainly. Oh, yeah. Jacksonville. I assume the Jets are going to take a quarterback at two. We'll talk about that as we get closer to the draft. Mm-hmm. Miami could be in the market for a quarterback if they're not sold on Tua. Atlanta, I don't, I don't think they Philly, end up drafting a quarterback. Probably not. So, but I'm, I'm, I'm just so let's teams who could end up drafting a quarterback. All right, let's. All right, Jacksonville. Let, let's cycle through them. So Jacksonville is going to take a quarterback. I wonder who they're going to take. Uh, probably Zach Wilson, honestly. Probably. I love um, those BYU kids. The the Jets will probably take a quarterback. We just don't know which one. It's fair to assume. Yeah. Uh, to I don't think Miami is going to draft a quarterback at three. If anything, they'll use that third overall pick to get a quarterback yeah yeah uh so we'll put it leave it at two uh atlanta does not need a quarterback a report just came out that they they said they said matt ryan and julio jones aren't going anywhere and they're staying with them but i think think it's a matter of when are you going to be drafting fourth overall again and have this opportunity to go get I geez, well, it if, is the Packers can, if the Packers can draft Jordan Love and still have Aaron Rodgers on the roster, yeah, Atlanta. I true, it but is Atlanta. You really can't bank on them too much. But but there's a there's a difference between it being Jordan Love in like the twenties and the fourth overall pick. Like, and that's what I was getting at is that if you're the Falcons and you think, all right, let's say you've got, let's say the Falcons are banking on two more years of Matt Ryan as their starting quarterback, and it might not even be that many. Mm-hmm. You know, they, this. Falcons offense should it should continue to be good the Falcons should you would assume won't just drastically blow so many games the way they did this past season they could again be, it is the Falcons the Falcons it is the Atlanta Falcons we're talking about here <laughs> like they could wind up back in the playoff picture next year hypothetically I mean who they knows we're months, months away. exactly that's what I'm saying so it's like if you yeah. had this disaster of a season where you're picking fourth overall and realistically you'll have your choice of Zach Wilson or Justin Fields mm. I wouldn't be terribly surprised to see Atlanta pull the trigger on a quarterback at four. Mm. I would think on three quarterbacks in the top four and Detroit now is stuck looking at the second tier guys. Well, the interesting thing, and we're going to have a big draft episode. We don't want to get too much into it now. Multiple. Um, But after Atlanta, it's Cincinnati. And that is the sturdiest team of absolutely does not need a quarterback, obviously. But then after that's Philadelphia, I don't think they draft a quarterback that high, especially after they drafted Hertz last year. And they, they still have Carson Wentz who they haven't given up on. I don't think they draft a quarterback either. So then that's where but Detroit you could also is. see so them if... trading back with or trading with a team like Carolina or Denver who are both yeah. in the market for a quarterback. Who are probably Potentially. in the market could... for yeah. yeah. It's funny because Detroit, Carolina, and Denver, those three teams that are picking in a row are all probably in the market for a quarterback but to a varying degree yeah so i think that that fourth overall pick for atlanta and the fifth overall pick from cincinnati like i i think those are very valuable i think they end up trading back to those yeah um don't have that much time i just wanted to i I know we had touched upon it a little bit but the other the other uh packages that came in the offers for 
uh, Matt Stafford. Obviously, we don't know if this was the like final offer or what. Uh, I want to mm-hmm. go back to that Panthers, the eight, eighth overall pick and a later pick, which you didn't say what it was. Who knows? Yeah, we just talked about Carolina trying to trade up. Um, that's them trading up one spot. So they probably have some draft intel. We don't. I'm assuming. I would um, assume they do. Actually, <laughs> do you what trade do you like better? You like the Rams trade, or you like the I like Panthers the Rams one? trade. Two firsts is just is so much value, especially mm-hmm. for a team like Detroit that just needs to acquire talent. I mean, barring, you know, one of these, like, barring a quarterback falling to Detroit, they're in a a position to just go best player available, take whoever the hell is number one on their draft board at the time. I mean, they're in no rush. They have no timeline to get back to, like, contention. Not that they are ever really close to contention in our lifetimes, but (laughs) take the best player available, acquire talent, and figure the rest out later. Yeah. Um, That's the way I see it. Last point on the quarterback carousel, and it's going to be, wild um Deshaun Watson formally requested trade from Houston there's a report that he's not gonna skip out on OTAs but he very much does not want to be there I I don't believe that for a second once you once you submit a form once you formally are like I want a trade as opposed to just like playing hardball and kind of insinuating it Mm -hmm. you're not showing up to OTAs yeah I mean you gotta just you gotta protect your value god forbid something happens he gets hurt in OTAs he takes a freak injury you can't risk that you just can't yeah it's it's shitty for texas fans but then again if you wanted to manage your team a little better you know that yeah shouldn't have have hired bill o'brien a little bit and just a lot the last last Um, point here (laughs) i don't think this dramatically changes deshaun watson's value it's going to take a it was going to take a monster deal to get deshaun watson out of houston either way just because he's got the no trade clause and he's you know deshaun freaking watson he is one of the best quarterbacks we've got in the league Uh, i saw brett coleman tweet this the other day but he was saying if you're doing an nfl redraft Obviously, Mahomes goes first overall, but Deshaun Watson's got as good a case as anyone to be yeah. the second overall guy off the board, you know, in a, yeah. in a Madden fantasy draft. I mean, it's funny because JJ Watt might be gone too. Uh, he, I, he's, hope JJ, I hope JJ Watt's gone. I want to see him play for a contender. I, dude, he feels like a Patriot. Like, yell at me all you want or whatever. He Does he not feel just like a New England Patriot? I'm going to go no comment on that one. Come on. Yeah. I think the fifth. Actually, I'm going to say no because the Pats aren't a contender. Okay, no, but like I'm contender. saying like, whatever. Are they? Um, Who's playing quarterback for the Pats next year? Cam Newton again? Jarrett Stidham? Mr. Texas? Yeah, exactly. He's not going to the Pats. Get that idea out of your head. Well, I mean, speaking of quarterback carousel, I think the record for uh, quarterback starting in, on a different team from the year previous to the year after was 16. And honestly, like, we might blow past that. Yeah, we I might think be I saw Adam like, Schefter said take the. I think the over under was like eighteen, and Adam Schefter said take the over. And a guy who might be a little bit more connected than we are in terms of uh, the NFL. I don't know, dude. I have my sources. All right. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh Let's talk a little basketball here. We only got another half hour, so uh, we'll be getting back into a uh, an OG SFS segment. So stick around for yeah. that. Yeah, the real ones know. Real ones know. Where's Cam Pratt when you need him? But uh. Yeah. First question, the Dallas Mavericks are not playing their best basketball. Let's start there. Hmm, a seven-game <laughs> losing streak is not their best basketball, huh? I, as we, we talked early in the NBA about how worried are, should the Nuggets be, and we both kind of said it's early, let's relax. It's, you know, mm-hmm. okay, Jamal Murray's not putting up 35 a night and hitting, you know, game winners, but they're going to figure it out. Jokic is playing phenomenally. We'll talk about Jokic later. Mm-hmm the Mavs should be worried like 10 out of 10 concerned about their season right now. Yeah. I mean, this isn't, 
this isn't the same Mavs team from last year that was like, hey, if we hit like the sixth seed or the seventh seed, like we'll, we'll be good with that. Like, yeah. no, this is a Mavs team that like Luca's been playing well, but well, Luca has... Luca's still doing what yeah. Luka Doncic does. He's not the issue. But the rest of the team appears to be the issue. Um, They're the worst three point shooting team in the league. Yeah, I didn't even, and, like when I was like obviously I knew they were on a seven game losing or six game losing streak when I was researching this, but it's like I didn't realize they were the literally the worst three point percentage team in the league. And they were they were a historically great offense last year. Like, yeah. <laughs> and you like it really is, is the law. Does the loss of um, the loss of Seth Curry really just like do that much for you? Like, I guess so. Apparently, like, I mean, obviously it's more than that, but yeah, I mean, having like the active leader in career three point percentage to leave your team obviously hurts things. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I, I need like a b-ball breakdown video on this or something like what the hell changed? What has gone yeah. wrong? I mean, Porzingis is back, but he's been playing like hot garbage, which just warms my heart. Just warms yeah, my heart. <laughs> Uh, it was like what two years ago, a couple days ago that the KP trade went down. Oh, was it? Well, I remember I was at uh, yeah, we were both at, at we were both at Fox, right? and I remember I was at, uh, you were working for you were doing the show, one of the shows, and I was in the editing. Bay. I was doing, yeah, I was doing Doug Gottlieb. You were doing your, uh, yeah, your editing. And I was, I remember that you know, obviously I'm on Tweet Deck, and the trade comes through, and I just see your smug face walking around the hallway. And that was when I still thought like the Knicks with KP were going to be good. And at this I don't point, blame you. No, I mean, they were, in KP looked good. He was showing a lot of signs of promise, but not so much anymore. No. no I, I mean, it's. He's got 15 lower body injuries in his career. For a yeah. seven foot three big man who weighs approximately 200 pounds soaking wet. That's not good. No, it's not. I mean, like it's, he's like, he's such a good fit next to Luca, but like, I, I mean, they, they, they've missed, they've missed people with some time, um, due to covid but like so is so is everyone, so is everyone else <laughs> they've just been they've been terrible man like i, I it's so interesting because you trade away seth curry and everyone's like oh you know i don't know but is seth that curry's, really gonna seth work curry's not the make or break piece i mean how many no, i don't no, know how, just... how many minutes a game he was playing for him last year but like i he was playing some like 20 minutes and but th- my point was like you bring in josh richardson who's i mean lucas has so much gravity when he gets to the paint that it doesn't matter who you have around the arc like as long You're as they're shooters. like 35 percent shooters like just kick it out it's fine um and josh richardson is a good defensive point guard like that should have worked really well yeah. um and it just well, yeah, there was, like, there was a lot written about josh richardson being one of like the you know the best like sneaky signings of the offseason not that he's like a a nobody that was supposed to you know blossom this year, but a guy that's mm-hmm. not necessarily a top tier NBA player, obviously, but just yeah. in terms of fit and what the Mavs needed, especially after Seth Curry leaving, seemed like it made a lot of sense. But yeah, I think the the most concerning part for the Mavs here is Luca is still Luca. It's not like Luka Doncic has regressed from last season. He's still putting up damn near a triple double on even better shooting splits than last year. Yeah, but he, they just have absolutely no. He's got no help right now. No, um, and yeah, I wonder. That's... I wonder who owns their first round pick this year. Hmm. Do you know? Because I don't. I do. It's actually uh, Emmanuel Quickly's team. Oh, you mean the? Uh, you mean America's team? America, yes, America's team. Uh, I'm sure I'll be talking about this a lot during the NBA season. But it, it really. It, I was watching. Were you watching? Did you watch any of the Knicks Bulls game last night? I did not. No. The Knicks have gotten. The Knicks are playing well enough this season for me to be disappointed when they lose close games again. And I honestly, I forgot what that felt like. 
a good feeling because it, it might be happening a lot more down the stretch. Well, no, I, it's it's encouraging that the Knicks can actually like hang around in close games now because I mean I haven't seen a whole lot of close Knicks games the last two seasons before this year. Yeah, fair. But it means that I get to you know sit there and yell or stay. I was literally standing at the end of the Bolt Knicks Bulls game last Ooh, night, okay. yelling at yelling at the TV about the Knicks like. There was one they had like gave up an, an off or not an offensive rebound. There was a Chicago missed the second of two free throws, uh, and Julius Randle and Nerlens Noel both slapped the ball out of bounds and gave it back to Chicago. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ, guys! Uh, oh, the Knicks, man. <laughs> to close the book, to close the book on the Mavs. Um, for what I had said about the the games they've missed due to COVID, like they've been one of the harder hit teams. Like they, yeah. Maxi Kleba, yeah, Maxi Kleba's played half of their games. Uh, Josh Richardson's played half of their games. Like um, it does matter. It does. It does matter. Yeah, it, it does matter. Like they've like I, I remember I was big on Josh Green after they had drafted him, and I was like, mm-hmm. that's a nice piece off the bench. Like I I said, like Josh Green can't start yet, and no. like Josh Green has had to start for them a couple of times and play significant minutes. But I mean, look, they, they've been back the last couple of games and that's, you know, you were talking about KP has just not been playing well. They, they blew that game to the Suns. They shot like 57% from the field uh, and they still lost because they yeah. just could not stop Chris Paul down the stretch. Like it, it's concerning. Yeah. It, you, the, the lights are flashing. You're in DEFCON like four right now. One to 10. How worried should the Mavs be right now? 10, like they're going to be the worst team in the league this year. Okay, well, that's. Well, no, I'm saying one. Uh, to, I'm saying one to ten is like they should be terrified. They're gonna, you know, the Knicks are gonna be drafting first overall on their behalf. One being they're going back to the NBA title game. The NBA I honestly, title game. The title game. The title game. Didn't I call it? I called it like the MLB Championship one time. I think. Yeah, you, no, you wrote it in the rundown. You're like, yeah. like the MLB Championship. Not like there's a name for it or anything. But I I'm put asking, it like. 6.5 seven exactly what i was thinking they because should like be legitimately very worried about what's happening straight up play wise if it was a whatever team and luca wasn't like the mpp favorite coming in that's like it's like getting a five yeah. five and a half like they're but they set their own expectations high yeah they're eight and 13 but they've also lost seven straight games um and they were supposed to be a contender this year so well, yes the I'm complete right. collapse of the offense is what worries me the most on to another team that's doesn't have quite as many concerns. Cards. How often do we see the memes come true like this? The Brooklyn Nets are currently on pace for the best offensive rating in NBA history and the worst defensive rating in NBA history. That's, I mean, it's just so it's funny. That, impressive. <laughs> it is, because that's what everyone said. They're like, oh, the Nets are going to score 150 and allow 145 a night, but they're going to win the NBA title. Like, <laughs> the Nets defense is atrocious and the Nets offense it's, is a scored 100, 140 plus the last two games. Like and they've given up 125 plus in like five of their last six. Yeah. And they also lost to the Wizards, which that was a wild yeah, nutty game. game. <laughs> I wish we had a little uh, more time to talk about it. That's just one of those games where you're just like, what the fuck just happened? Like, yeah, some, that's going to happen from time to time. You know? Yeah. What, what are the odds that they score six points in six seconds? Like, if that's the way you lose a game, fuck man that's that's the way you lost like that sucks yeah um but yeah this is what we talked about and this was you know you had said when they traded for james harden it doesn't matter they're just gonna put out 150 a night yeah and like and i stand by that i i i don't i I mean i wasn't as much on that boat before and like it's if you look at defensive rating and offensive rating for champions like there's not that much of a difference um but 11 of the 20 nba champions 
champions have had better defensive ratings than their offensive ratings. And only, you know, it's funny because four of those have had not top 10 defensive ratings and three of them have had not top 10 offensive ratings. Yeah. But then like, for example, like the, like the Kobe Shaq years, like they were by far the best offense and they were like the 20th ranked defense, which yeah, like, but you're also playing that doesn't... Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. Exactly. Like that, admittedly, that... these nets are playing with Kevin Durant, James Harden and Kyrie. Right. Irving. But like, there's a difference between like the 20th ranked defensive rating and like the 32nd ranked defensive yes. rating, right? Like that is, there's a big difference there. Um, and and the, the, the big reason I'm not terribly concerned 30th. here. Yeah, 30th is we know Kevin Durant can be, if not an elite level rim protector anymore, a very good rim protector. We saw what he did in Golden State. And, it, you know, he certainly looks like he's not missing a beat in terms of his recovery from this Achilles injury. Like he's five games into the year, he's right back on the short list for best basketball player on the face mm -hmm. of the earth. So like, you can't really be terribly concerned there. We know James Harden is a better defender than his reputation would suggest. And Kyrie for all of it, you know, obviously he's limited as like a small guard, but he's not a terrible defender. I think it's, I think when we get to the playoffs, we'll see the Nets defense be better. I don't think it's going to be the strength of their team. I think there, there's what, improvement what was Kyrie's? Here. What was Kyrie's quote from the other night? We could, I couldn't, I couldn't guard, guard a, stick. a stick. Yeah. Right. I couldn't guard a stick. Like, I, dude, I, I am wrong. I, I, he wasn't wrong. Like, they, I, as it stands right now, like, I'd be concerned with them as, like, like not title contenders, because obviously they are. But, like, yeah. for, for them to, for me to confidently say, like, I think they're going to win the title, like, they get, they have a rib protector of sorts. Like they get someone in the buyout market. Like, well, that's the thing. They're going to be getting, they can get essentially whoever they want. Yeah. The they have a couple market. roster spots open, um, but it's just like, I well, mean, they just DeAndre, signed noted dis defensive specialist, Amon Shumpert. Yeah, true. I mean, Hey, say what you want. It, it, He's it, good. it helps. Yeah, it helps. When, when he was like, he was good defensively. Yeah. Um, I mean, but they, they really need like Andre Drummond on paper is a good defensive player rim protector but the problem that with Andre Drummond is that like yeah I mean the problem with Andre Drummond is bro are you sure you want to like give up like four or five post-ups per game like you need a big man that is going to protect the rim and then just set screens and not like yeah. give a shit about scoring which Andre Drummond has shown he's not and he's not you know no, he's gonna want a lot. more he's gonna want a yeah. bigger he's gonna want a bigger piece of the offense than just setting screens and yeah. like putting getting offensive rebounds and like someone like Robin Lopez could be in the buyout market. Like they need defensive help. Like they, this it, it's is so tough to predict. I mean, what if the Mavs completely fall apart? I mean, like yeah. Bobby. I mean, bro, look, if you're playing Bobby that many minutes, like, but they don't need him to play. But if you need a center to just defend and set screens, you're playing him 14 minutes a night. I don't know. I don't know if Bobby's a upgrade from Deandre Jordan, man. I'd say Fun. probably isn't. I don't, I don't know. Dude. <laughs> anyway, um, what's your level of concern here? I'll flip it onto you. Two. I'm like I think, I think I'm we like see a three. Be, I think we see them flip the switch come playoffs, and mm. and there's still some concern if they are. You know, we're what twenty something games into the season. If we're looking at the Nets, mm -hmm. you know, sixty games, and we're getting to like the play the play in tournament, and the Nets are still you know, on pace to have the worst defensive rating ever, then my concern is going to jump. But I think we're, I think the Nets have the ability to flip the switch. Um, I have it at like a three, which is like, I'm concerned, but I'm really not concerned. Not concerned. Like I am. Realistically, like they... when you've got an offense of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden, 
you just need your defense to not to literally not be the worst in the league. Yeah. And and I think they'll figure right it out. Right now they are. <laughs> right now they are, exactly. But it's early in the season, and we know yeah. teams flip the switch like this. A lot, we- lot of time for the Wizards to retake that mantle. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit of Jazz basketball because they have been scorching hot. They just had their 11-game winning streak snapped. Could you say um, they're, uh, they're hitting all the right notes? Woo! Oh. They're <laughs> shooting like 40% from beyond the arc as a team, which is pretty wild. Very good. Um, they have just been absolutely bombing the shit out of the ball. Um, Donovan Mitchell has been fine. He's been good. Um, I mean, for, I feel like well, after Shaq's comments, there was so much discussion. Yeah, like who we Donovan didn't get Mitchell to talk about that. We didn't get, well, here we are now. He's putting up his career averages. Like he's basically putting up his numbers from last year, yeah. except he's shooting better from deep and he's got a better offensive rating. And honestly, like, is it fair for me to say that I'm still a little disappointed? Like, yeah, and I think after his bubble performance, everyone expected a, a big jump. Mm-hmm. But I also think, you know, Shaq's comments were dumb and, like, not the comments you should be making yeah. as a national broadcaster. But what he was getting at, and let me finish here, okay, is not necessarily – like, the whole conversation about, like, can Donovan Mitchell be the number one option, the sole number one option on an NBA title team? That, there's a very short list of players who can be the sole number one option for an NBA champion. And it's not a slight to Donovan Mitchell to say he might not be at that point right now. He might not ever be at that point. How many guys in the league can truly be the number one option like that? We're talking about like five, six players in the league. Uh, probably a little bigger than five. Maybe six, a little but... more than five or six. But yeah. I'm talking about the guys who are like for sure, like they can be the guy on a title contender. Yeah. I, I don't know. Donovan Mitchell's not there yet. And like, I, mean, he's he's not there is... yet. I don't think that's yeah. a hot take at all. He's not there yet. No, no. And the disappointing part is that, you know, like, like Jamal Murray, like Jamal Murray's been hurt. So it's a little hard. Um, yeah. And they have been playing better recently, but like for both of them, it's like, okay, we want to see consistency. And, you know, that's something we've seen from Donovan Mitchell, especially in that stretch. Like he's a career 34% shooter from deep, I think. And he's at like 39 right now. Like that's an improvement. Like that, that's, that's better. It's um, a huge improvement. I've gone from yeah. league average to like elite. But I also think you have to give credit to obviously Quinn Snyder, who's gotten the offense reshaped and they're just bombing the shit at it from three. And this is something we talked about, right? Because we didn't get to see the full iteration of the jazz um, in the bubble. uh, Bogdanovich was hurt. um, And Mike Conley just never looked like himself last year. Even when like he was, he was good. Then he had that. Then I think his, I think his wife had a kid. Yeah. His wife had a kid while he was in the bubble and he got back in like game three or four, but we got to remember like Mike Conley was the guy, like he was the focal point. He ran all the offense in Memphis for like 10 years. And then he's going to a team where he's like, he's the second ball handler option, but he's also, you know, like but at this point, he's what, 34. How I like, it's, well, the great thing very is productive, he's like, borderline all-star numbers. Like Mike yeah, Conley well, is doing probably more than the jazz bargained for at this point. Well, that's, that, that was honestly my, my point on this was just that Donovan Mitchell has been good but I still want to see more and I attribute it more to their coaching and Mike Conley's play their, their win streak, which again, it's not really that much of a slight at Donovan Mitchell. You talked no, about it's, it's so hard. It's so hard to, you know, be that number one option, but you know, he's also only you have 24. A high bar. 
Like he's yeah. 24 years old. Let let the kid. He's I, he's, he's only not a kid 17 anymore. He's only he's 16 years old. He gets younger every year. He's like Jason. He's only Tatum. he's only nine years old. It's crazy. Also, I we don't we don't laugh about this enough, but I I, I can never look at Jason Tatum when he turns around and like like his tattoo kind of peeks out and not just think, just think every time of when he added the apostrophe in it. Like that shit is so funny, man. I love it. Uh, all right, time to debut for this iteration of Second Floor Sports. But if you're a real one and you've been listening to us since sophomore year, you caught us on the Bomber Radio Network, wherever it had been, we got a big segment for you. <clears throat> it's called Boom or Bust. Ben's Boom or Bust, to be specific. So we got a couple of uh, couple of topics here that we're going to rip through. See uh, I've just got like the, uh, like the breathing sounds from hot playing in my head right now. Exactly. Um, or uh, anyway, it's basically uh, a, a buy so or ben sell type segment for those of you who are unfamiliar, which I believe is probably everyone in the live stream right now. Ben is going to tell us if each topic is a boom or if he's going to bust on that topic. Uh, <laughs> uh, first wow. topic, I switched the name, but we'll start with the one that you put in here. Jokic winning MVP, boom or bust, Ben? Well, that's not even what I put. I said he's a legit MVP candidate, which is a big difference. And that's a boom. He's playing the best basketball of his career. Mm -hmm. Practically averaging like prime Russell Westbrook numbers, except significantly, (laughs) God damn it. Significantly better shooting percentage. Did you just say Jokic is averaging prime Westbrook numbers? Basically. He's putting up damn near a triple double. 20, what is it? 28, 11, and like I expect nine be- right now. I expect better from you. I expect but with better shooting percentages, he actually knows how to shoot the basketball. I expect better. I also just love Nikola Jokic, but that's a boom. He's absolutely a legitimate MVP candidate. He's probably top two right now. Yeah, he, I, I mean, he's, he's my MVP if I had to pick right now. And there is Man. no definitive answer, but I mean – like Embiid's missed too many games to this point to be an MVP. And like, if he can play down the stretch, like that'll obviously won't yeah. be a big factor. Um, LeBron's been fantastic. LeBron's shooting 40% from beyond the arc. Career high. Absurd <laughs> that dude's setting career highs in his 18th season in the league. I mean, shit, man. We, we said his game was going to age well. We saw that a couple of years ago when his assist numbers just absolutely skyrocketed. And now we're seeing everybody shooting him for three. But the fact um, of the matter is that there is there is voting fatigue in the for the NBA MVP voters. Yeah. You, I, and you could LeBron could have ten MVPs at this point, but people yeah. don't want to vote for the same guy over and over again when there are legitimate contenders each year. Yeah. All right, next topic: Boomer bust Ben. Uh, New Orleans should trade for Bradley Beal. Boom with the caveat that apparently Beal doesn't want to be traded. That came out from Shams this morning. Yeah, it's Shams. I can't I can't sit here and tell you I don't believe it. But I'm going to sit here and tell you, believe it. I don't know what <laughs> motivation he has to stick it out on what is the worst team in the NBA right now. And like, not only, not only did they say that like he didn't want to be traded. They also said he was pissed and like, he was upset by everyone, like always putting him in like those trade talks and everything like that. And like, there's been multiple games from multiple clips from each game about like him being pissed off and him just like being upset, like standing in the corner pouting, shit like that. Like, yeah. I don't know why he would be happy there. Um, but I mean, yeah, and he's getting paid. He is yeah. getting paid. But no, I, mean, I, I know what you mean. It's like, yeah, 
And I that think was the more surprising thing for me. New Orleans like, specifically makes a ton of sense because they desperately need a perimeter creator. Brandon Ingram's taken huge strides, obviously, mm-hmm. as a as a facilitator and as the one of the you know the primary initiators of that offense. But if they can get, I don't know, an all NBA level guard to add to that team, such as a Bradley Beal, mm-hmm. that's a huge, huge improvement for them. And it also takes a it, it opens up a lot more space for Zion. It's not like he needs a ton of space. It's not like yeah. you know he's. Zion's the the pioneer of rim gravity, which we don't talk about all that much. But when Zion gets to the paint, it collapses the defense more than anyone in the league. Yeah, and like Zion's offense hasn't been the issue, but I mean, we'll we'll talk about that on another episode. Yeah, it's been disappointing. Like it's just it's, you say it's been disappointing, but he also has like the highest field goal percentage of no, any. No, I'm not talking. Not talking about his offense. However many games it came out. I'm not talking about his offense. His def his defense has been abysmal. And yeah. they're just, you know, wow, it's almost like bringing in Steven Adams made no fucking sense, huh? Mm, wow. Crazy. Anyway, uh, boom or bust, Mavs will miss the playoffs. Bust. I think Thank God. I was waiting for you to bust, man. Jeez. Jesus Christ. Are going to publish this episode? <laughs> Where are we going to publish this episode? That's going to be the real question. Um, hmm, let, me, let me compose myself here. Woo. Ha. Ah. All right, I'll ask they it got, again. They, they got to fi- they got to figure out their offense. It's Luka Doncic. It's not like you have to organize some crazy like space age Steve Kerr type offense. I don't think they continue to be the worst three point shooting team in the league. I think, yeah. I think they end up in the play in tournament. Hmm. Wow, I I I still call a bust on on them missing the playoffs. I think they'll figure it out, and I, I think they'll sneak into seven, eight, six something. Play in like tournament, that. yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Boomer bust. Like that's what I just said. <laughs> Boomer bust. Boston's a title contender. Boom. Especially with Jalen Brown's leap this season, and you know yeah. how many? How many? We could have talked about Jalen Brown's leap every year we've been doing this show, which is nuts. But he's done it again this year. Yeah. I. I think. But this has been. This has been Jalen Brown leap, Jason, though. We got to talk this about Jalen Brown and leap. Jason yeah. Tatum as one of the best duos in the NBA right now. Yeah. I don't think it's a. I mean, crazy take there. But what, what's like probably the hardest thing to find in the NBA is that, you know, that wing creator, long defender, like plays hard, can do everything. They've got two of they them. They got two of and them. And they're both <laughs> young. Yeah. Like, they also have the time lord. That's not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. Of course. That's not bad. Um, that, that's a pretty good place for your future to be. I mean, if Kemba can go back to playing the way that like Kemba plays, like they've got to be one of the favorites out of the East. It's, can they, you know. Get it the, all the concern is, of get, I think the big concern for them getting out of the East, uh, excuse me, is what happens when they run into Embiid. Because Embiid is, they have no answer yeah. for Joel Embiid other than just, you know, double teaming and getting creative with how they defend him. But they have no one-on-one answers for Joel Embiid right now. Yeah, and not that anyone, not that anyone really does, but yeah. the Celtics really do not. Yeah, I don't think Tristan Thompson and Daniel Tice and all them will uh, be able to put up with them. But uh, uh, I mean- Real quick on Jalen Brown. Uh, this was like we talk about he's made the leap every year, and it's true he has. But I mean, he, let's see, from his rookie year to his second season, he's gone up. He's gone up seven. Wow. He's, that's actually pretty impressive. He's gone up seven points plus his average every single year he's been in the league. That's but <laughs> the biggest one has been from last year's 20 to this year's 27. Because, like, there's a big difference between a 23 point uh, player and a 27 point player, right? Like Don, that's why I'm disappointed a little bit in Donovan Mitchell. I'm like, that's maybe harsh. I don't care. 
Um, because Donovan Mitchell is capable of being that 27 points per game player, but we look at a, someone that averages 27 a lot different than someone that averages 23. Not the same way that we look at someone that averages 17 differently than 13, for example. I, I meant to bring like this. Up. I'm glad you brought Donovan Mitchell back up again because I was I meant to bring this up when you were talking about him. RJ Barrett over the last 10 to 12 games is averaging like yeah. 21, yeah. six and five. I forget 21, six and five or 21, five and six. I forget the exact numbers but on like 50, 40, 85. Mm-hmm. I still think they to the Pacers. They should trade him to the Pacers for his sake. I uh, don't think that should happen personally. <laughs> All right, last, but, uh, yeah. last one in Boomer Bust. Juliana Carlos, who was talking shit to LeBron James last night, uh, the uh, courtside Karen. Boomer Bust, do you think Juliana Carlos and her husband – can beat the shit out of LeBron James like they said so. Uh, bust. There is. I was. I've been thinking about this for a while. There's a very short list of people that currently live on this planet that I think could legitimately beat the shit out of LeBron James. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And they're all professional athletes. Not uh, Juliana Carlos, who I don't know who she is until yesterday, or yeah. her husband, old steroid ass, as LeBron so eloquently <laughs> called him. <laughs> Well, well, let's, Have you seen we'll a give picture context. of her husband. Yeah, yeah. Let's give let's give context on the on the whole situation so people understand. So, she was courtside. Of course, was not wearing a mask when she was yelling at LeBron. Well, she was um, wearing it. She just had it. She was yeah. wearing a chin diaper. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and Cuomo is just tossing and turning right now. Um, so, uh, LeBron, I think her husband Carlos. Uh, what was his last name? We literally just looked it up. No, it was uh, Chris, Chris Carlos. Yeah. Um, Chris Carlos, who was just talking shit to LeBron, apparently he was heckling him and LeBron returned it. Um, and then Juliana Carlos, who was right next to him was saying like, like, I'll, I'll, like, I'll fuck you up. Like you can't talk to Quote, my husband unquote, that way. And said, all shit. I will fuck you yes. up to LeBron James. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Quote unquote. Um, and LeBron was just like, bro, like fuck. And like, he, you know, that's the thing is that when, when fans get rowdy like that, like you gotta be, if you can dish, if you're dishing it, which you shouldn't be in the first place, like you gotta be able to take well, it. You gotta it be goes able to both, take there, I, I think two different ways about this. On one side, I'm like, don't, don't, if you're LeBron, like don't even touch it, like stay away yeah. from it. But I mean, who knows what the, if this guy's, and also we're talking about arenas with like, you know, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000 fans. LeBron can hear exactly that. what this guy is I don't saying. know how many fans Atlanta has, but I don't think it's that many. Like, Point being, LeBron can hear exactly what this guy is saying to him. Yeah. And like, it's the, it's the age-old rule. Don't give it out if you can't take it back. Yeah. Like, if you're going to talk, you know, it's like, if you're going to talk shit to a guy at the bar and then, you know, run away when he turns around, like, don't talk shit in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and they reviewed the, they reviewed the cameras. Um, and they found that the only thing that LeBron had said to uh, Chris Carlos was old steroid ass. And I yeah. mean, that's just so, so funny. fucking funny. <laughs> oh, man. God, I love it. But anyway, let, let's wrap things up with a little MLB talk. Uh, we were talking before about Matt Stafford and a very important quarterback position in the NFL. Hard to get good return. Baseball is so tricky to uh, make trades. And speaking of uh, who we were talking about, Jokic before, him and Embiid were the the player of the month. Did Um, I get my shameless tweet before you? I just just got it. I got it like a minute ago. Yeah, you you always get your notifications. I always get my notifications. I don't know why. I really hate it. Because I'm nice. Uh, Actually, before (laughs) we'll get to Arenado and then we'll get into fucking Mickey Cowell. Oh, boy, yeah. Um, So... It's hard to get return for your star players in any sport, but 
We've seen this time and time again. It is not only is it impossible in baseball, like you're going to lose every single time. And the Rockies are incompetent. This is not new news, but as it is just like (laughs) complete, just not caring about fielding a winning team. Why sign Nolan Ar- Why sign Arnado to a contract like that in the first place? He literally Let me answer that for you. We didn't sign him to trade him. Funny. Good one. Honestly, I'm, I can't even be that mad about that anymore. Yeah, I can. Um, it, it's just so frustrating because we've the, the good news for the Colorado Rockies is this is only the second most egregious trade of the best player in franchise history that we've seen this offseason. Shout out the Cleveland Indians. Good job, guys. You're number one. I mean, I don't, our, dude, for the 50 mil, like, <laughs> yeah, the adding you're paying when they came out today that they're paying his the Rockies are paying Arenado's full salary to the Cardinals this year for yeah. Nolan Arenado to play for the St. Louis Cardinals, mm-hmm. and then they're deferring the money, they're paying the Cardinals to have their best player, and not just their best player, a guy who's a goddamn stud, career yeah. 290 hitter, career 900 OPS, 35 home runs, 115 RBIs, those are his season averages. He's a four-time Platinum Glove winner. If you couldn't put two and two together, Platinum Glove goes to the best defender in baseball as compared to the Gold Glove, which goes to the best of the position. He's got five top 10 MVP finishes. Three of those are top five. And, and I was he's trying- borderline been the best third baseman in baseball. He is the best third baseman in baseball. The last two years, at least you can make an argument for Chad. You can throw last year out. There's a 60-game season. Okay. The Look, two let, let, me, let me make my point here, and I don't think this is really an inarguable point. <laughs> According to baseball reference in their wins above replacement metric, uh-huh. he's third in the league in yeah. wins above replacement since 2014, which is his second year in the league. Uh, the first guy, first place in war since 2014. I've never heard named, of either of these players, by the way. First place is this guy named Mike. Second place is this guy named Mookie. If you're third place behind Mike Trout and Mookie Betts, you're doing something right. I, I don't know who Mike is. Couldn't tell you. You know who Mookie yeah. is apparently, uh, but you don't know who Mike yeah, is. Yeah, I know who Mookie yeah um yeah what this is Colorado? Uh, come on and like the fact that we haven't even talked about any of the people they got back right they got they didn't get back. anyone back yeah they got they, it was literally a salary dump and it has long been a thing that the rockies are incompetent and don't know how to run a team the cardinals like, kept their number one overall prospect they kept their number three overall prospect who was a third baseman who you know presumably would have been a great piece to get back if you're trading away your starting third baseman it's ridiculous they gave him away for fucking nothing absolutely nothing uh it, it's such a bad look for baseball too like it's a terrible look for baseball it always happens man like it like i get into this argument with one of our, our good family friends fred fields who i doesn't have an instagram because he's you know, shout out my, fred fields shout out fred fields he's my dad's age of course I mean, my dad has an instagram but fred doesn't <laughs> fred always loves hey, fred's an orioles fan always loves to talk to my dad and i about oh it's you know yeah, it's pay to win. You know, the Yankees are always going to compete. The Red Sox are always going to compete. The Dodgers are always going to compete. And I'm always like, yeah, man, you gotta, you gotta find the right players and you gotta pay these guys to, to play. You know, you pay top guys. This just proves Fred's point. And it's frustrating as hell. Cause I don't want it to be pay to win, but like if the Colorado Rockies as a, you know, well, I'm not a Denver's not that they're a small, small market, but obviously they're not one of these like big market teams. And it, it's just so frustrating, man. Like you can't keep your franchise icon See, around. He's the best player the Rockies are going to He's the best player the Rockies had the last five, six years. He's probably the best player the Rockies are going to have for the next 15 years. And like, and you sign him to an extension. It's not even like you couldn't sign the extension in the first place. 
That's why like, I, I, I have an issue with you going to pay for play, the, the pay to win route here. Cause like, it's tough because like, I, I guarantee you all of these owners can afford these people. Like they, they can afford. Yeah. That's, well, that's the problem, right? Like the Indians can afford, could afford Lindor. Like, like the Red Sox could afford Mookie. Well, the but Red Sox wanted- are the most egregious example. Yeah. The Red Sox are absolutely a big market. They yeah. The highest payroll in baseball the last but two I, years. Even, but like, again, for baseball, I mean, like, hey, it's I'm different. Not, I'm not complaining that they decided they didn't want to pay Mookie bets, but like it's, it's different than in another league, like in baseball, all these owners can straight up afford them. They just don't There's want no to pay the money. No There's cap. No- there's no salary cap in baseball. I mean, there's none in football too, apparently. Apparently not. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, got, uh, let, let's talk some Mickey Callaway. Mickey Callaway. Um, he has been suspended. He has not been fired, um, which is disaster. What are you doing? What, what, what more do you have to say? All, all I'm going to say on this is thank fuck that the Will Ponds are out of there, out of New York. Because you say that, I, but who, who, hired, who hired Mickey Callaway with the Mets? It was not the Will Ponds. No, but it was Jared. It Porter. was the Will Ponds. It, no, it was the Will Ponds. Well, Jared Porter. Point being, Jared Porter was the GM that hired Mickey Calloway. Jared Porter was not the GM that hired Mickey Calloway. No, no, <laughs> no. Mickey Calloway got hired like four oh, years right. ago. Um, it was probably Brody at that point. Yeah, it was Brody. Brody wasn't GM four years ago. I, I think Brody. Not, I think not Bro- what we're here to talk about. Not no. what we're here to talk about. Anyway, like the Will Ponds, like there have been stories about the Will Ponds, like firing a woman because she was pregnant and asked for time off, like just be just like harassing women in the clubhouse and just around the organization. And like, again, the Porter thing was disgusting and I'm glad it took them 12 hours to, uh, to fire him. Like, but the fact that that was just two people from the Mets organization that have gotten popped for something this disgusting, like in the last two weeks, like, Bro, like it's it's, it's, just, it's so, disgusting. as two guys who are you know diehard baseball fans, it's just frustrating that this is not it's not even the first time this offseason we've heard about something like this. Uh, this shit it shouldn't be a thing. Like, don't be fucking creepy. It's not that hard, dude. Like, it's not that as if Mets fans needed more reason to fucking hate Mickey Callaway anyway. Like, exactly. I'm just shocked. I'm shocked the Angels haven't just like outright fired. Have yeah, I I don't know why they. Yet. They released a they released a statement, but yeah, they suspended oh, great. them. Great, they released a statement. Yeah, it, it, it's not that, that hard. Yeah, we, we condemn the fine. actions that have been alleged, and you know, we we take these allegations seriously. There, that was another statement. I, I didn't get to read it, but Neither I'm did assuming I, it's but like I'm that. Damn, going out on a limb here. You can go into, you can go to PR, man. <laughs> uh, you got any other uh, any any other closing thoughts? Mm. Not particularly, no. Cool. All right. Not much going on in your brain then. Uh, if you're watching our episode and you're wondering where the hell is the Super Bowl talk, promise it's there. We're interviewing Jordan Foote later today. He is a writer for Sports Illustrated Chiefs. Uh, if you have any questions for him, we've already gotten a couple in the mailbag. Uh, make sure you can DM You've us on one Twitter. Super Bowl you can question. That's actually my closing thought. One Super Bowl question. I got. I got. I got. I got. I got one text. I got a couple texted to me. That's okay. One. We got one on our Instagram. Okay. Send yeah. us some shit on the yeah. Super Bowl, guys. It's the Super Bowl. But I got, Not we, got, we got a couple questions. We got a couple questions. Um, I don't want another question about Carl Sheffers. <laughs> who? The, the referee. Who do you – did you not see oh. that? Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Um, we will have that interview posted by tomorrow. This episode will be posted later today. Uh, yeah, that's it. We'll talk to you guys later. See you.